Welcome to the Beaver Bulletin, your new favorite weekly podcast from Buena University's The Tack. Here giving you all of the news and updates from the last week, I'm your host Colin Imhoff, and don't forget to go check out all of the other great articles that The Tack has to offer. Now, let's see what's on the bulletin board for this week of February 7th, 2021. Today on the bulletin board, we've got an interview with BSU President Comedra Grimes, the next possible big social media app, Clubhouse, and of course, the event of the week, BVU's men's basketball's hot start to the season. All of that and more to come on this week's episode of the Beaver Bulletin. If you want to learn more about any of these stories, scroll on down to the description and you can go check these articles out for yourself. Now for our first story. Our first story on the board is our continuation of the topic of Black History Month. After talking with Dr. Joel Berrien, the Director of Diversity and Inclusion here at BBU last week, I decided to get a student's perspective for this week. I was able to sit down with Camille Grimes, Jr. here at BBU, who is also the President of the Black Student Union. Here's what she had to say. What I believe Black History Month means to our students is being able to learn about previous historical moments that have paved the way for current events today uh, to enlist the struggles that previous African-Americans have went through to get an understanding and also educate our fellow BVU community of why African-Americans here and those who are African descent, why they participate in the activities that they do, why they continue to strive for the pivotal moments in life why it matters to our everyday lives in itself. We continue to represent the history that was laid out before us, why we continue the movements that are happening today because we wanna educate, we want those to learn that everything was done for a reason. One way I can definitely identify with Black History Month in itself personally is being able to look back at what the history has done now and seeing how I am able to be a leader and lead the way to not just change, but also ways to educate and being able to learn as well. You can't educate anything if you don't learn anything. It depends, honestly. You know, there are always going to be history books that explain some of the some of the stereotypical moments you learn about slavery, you learn about the civil rights movement, which is amazing, but there's always the little things in between, just learning about the history of, for example, Madam C.J. Walker and how she was the first African-American millionaire with her hair products, or even learning about the deeper, more personal side of, for example, uh, Martin Luther King Jr., just because he was a main uh, civil rights activist, learning more about his personal life, what his wife was doing. His wife was a very big influencer in all of his characteristics and his ideas that he was proclaiming out. So I'd say it has to be something that we all have to learn. Um, it's a continuous ongoing learning process every year from the Black Lives Matter movement that's happened this year to learning more about the triangular trade from slave trades in the 1800s. Because this is still history. This is still American history at the end of the day. Um, they say America is the melting pot. So 
if you're in the melting pot, you need to learn your roots. You need to learn where everything came from. So you can see how it applies to present day life and then see how it can apply to future events as well. Nothing is ever stagnant in life. It's always ever changing and you can continue to learn from those moments at the end of the day. Yeah, so we have on February 15th, so next coming Monday, we have the African-American read-in, which is where a number of students who are everyone is more than happy to come, um, is able to read different works of African-American artists, poets, authors, anything just to have like a little fun, but also learn about the different works of African-Americans in our times. Then we have BSU week, which will take place February 22nd through February 26th. We'll have an event every day of the week, kind of just being able to have a little fun, but also learn about the different uh, historical events. From Monday, we're gonna have a blind date with history, and we're gonna just get to know a lot of more different other historical figures and events. Tuesday, we're gonna have Trap Zumba, so being able to listen to some of today's music, but also be able to get a workout in. Wednesday will be Feed Your Soul, so our lovely event that we have every year has some great home cooking. Thursday, we're gonna have a movie night watching Hidden Figures, but having a dialogue about it, why those women were very important uh, in the aeronatal field. And then on Friday, we will have another discussion with the YouTube series, Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Big thanks to Kamidra for sitting down and talking with me. Make sure to go check out all of the amazing BSU activities if you get the chance. Next up on the board is the new Western Iowa Journalism Foundation. Are you a constant reader of your local newspaper? If you are, you may have already heard of this. But just this week, the WIJF was granted nonprofit status by the Internal Revenue Service. This foundation was the idea of Doug Burns of Carroll Times Herald. The point of it is to help support journalism all throughout Iowa. After several local newspapers in the area being hit hard in the past five years due to the amazing tool that is the internet, many local newspapers began to ask for donations from their communities. Surprising to some, this went very well. The Storm Lake Times GoFundMe page raised over $28,000 and Doug Burns and Carol raised even more. Burns would then take his proposal to the IRS with his foundation and have it classified as a nonprofit. As a nonprofit, all donations will be tax deductible, which could likely increase donation numbers for the WIJF. However, the goal of the WIJF goes further than family owned local newspapers. They want to give the next generation of journalists a platform and an opportunity to get into this dying field. If you would like to donate to the WIJF, you can visit www.WesternIowaJournalismFoundation.com. Now to our third story on the board with Des Moines Public Schools preparing to return to full in-person classes. Des Moines Public Schools are expected to see 20,000 students return to in-person classes, which is about 65% of the district population. For most of the school year up to this point, the majority of students have been on a hybrid learning option with classes being in-person some days and online other days. But Des Moines Public Schools have eliminated that option. In light of the new Iowa law mandate signed by Governor Kim Reynolds, stating that schools must offer 100% in-person classes to their students. Getting kids back in classrooms has been high on the priority list for Governor Reynolds, but is this the best thing for public safety? Reynolds this week has also removed several safety restrictions put on small businesses. The timing for all of this is quite strange, as last week, Iowa surpassed 5,000 COVID deaths, and Iowa remains towards the bottom in COVID vaccine distribution. 
As of last week, more than 31,000 students were participating in a hybrid option, and by Monday, most of those students will be back in school full-time. Once again, here's my weekly reminder to wear your mask and stay safe. Moving to number four on the board with possibly the next big social media app, Clubhouse. Clubhouse is an audio-only app filled with chat rooms of friends and strangers alike. Besides the app being invite-only, it is not too different from other apps like Discord. But for some reason, people like Elon Musk, Mark Zuckerberg, and Drake, just to name a few, are on this app. The app is set up like you are in a virtual clubhouse. You start in the hallway and you are able to go into these virtual chat rooms that discuss wide varieties of topics. Anyone can talk in these rooms and anybody could be listening. Over 2 million people have downloaded the exclusive app and people continue to sign up daily. Clubhouse has drawn an audience with the illusion of exclusivity. Along with needing an invite for the app, Clubhouse has some very strict privacy rules. All chat rooms are recorded but are not accessible to users. Clubhouse wants to make sure their rooms feel safe and prevent scamming. With a chance to run into some of the biggest names in the world, it is no mystery to why Clubhouse has become so popular over the past month. The big question is, will these big names continue to use the app and keep it popular? Coming to our fifth story on the board with day two of former President Trump's impeachment trial. On Wednesday, everyone from senators to U.S. Capitol staff had a hard time focusing with the mob not too far outside the U.S. Capitol building. Video surveillance shows Utah Senator Mitt Romney turn and run back to the Senate floor as rioters were closing in on the building. Wednesday was day two for the nine managers to present their case against former President Trump, and Thursday the floor will turn to Trump's defense. Many impeachment managers have made a timeline going back months in hope of showing President Trump laying the foundation for the riots on January 6th. They claimed in the trial that former President Trump was fully aware that those who attended his rallies would attempt to stop the claim-to-be rigged counts. Impeachment managers have also shown unseen video footage from the riots on January 6th to show the severity of the riot and the damage it caused. Footage was also shown of former Vice President Mike Pence being evacuated moments before the rioters broke in. Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi claims that the mob would have killed Pence if they would have found him. This is in light of former President Trump calling Pence a traitor. We'll soon see how the rest of the trial unfolds as President Trump is soon to take the floor for his defense. The final thing on the board is, of course, our event of the week, BVU Men's Basketball's Hot Start. After finishing last year with an 18-8 record and losing four out of five starters, it was up in the air on how the season would go for the Beavers. The Beavers have brought in plenty of new freshmen, however, with two currently in the starting lineup. The Beavers have started this season 6-1 with a tough loss to Loris, but two very impressive wins against Warburg and last year's conference champion, Nebraska Wesleyan. Michael DeMars, the only returning starter for the Beaver, leads the team in scoring, averaging 18 points per game and 6 rebounds. Freshman Zane Newbaum has been the second leading scorer on the team, averaging 14 points per game. This is a good sign for the Beavers. With some good early conference wins, the Beavers currently sit second in the conference behind Dubuque. The men had a disappointing end to the season last year with a tough loss to Simpson in the conference tournament. They are looking to bounce back and hopefully take the conference title this year. The Beavers will suit up next on Saturday, February 13th to take on the Central Dutch. Let's hope this hot start continues. Roll Beavs! That's all on the bulletin board for this week, folks. Make sure to come back next week for more great stories and updates. Remember, if any story interested you and you would like to read more, links to all of the articles are in the description. Also, don't forget to go check out more of the great articles from the TAC. 
Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Beaver Bulletin. I'm your host, Colin Imhoff, and I'll see you all next week.